This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the Department of Health reports 170 fatalities and almost 20,000 new cases of COVID-19 in a single day. This is the second day in a row we've set a record for new cases. Ron DeSantis held press conferences in Bradenton and Vero Beach Thursday to talk about COVID vaccinations and never mentioned the rising number of casualties, but he did confirm the state is investigating reports that a posh nursing home in Palm Beach County gave vaccinations to rich people who don't live there but made big donations to the company that owns the home. Obviously, that's something that is being investigated, needs to be. The the nursing home and long-term care program is for residents and staff of long-term care facilities. That's who it's for. In the aftermath of the failed coup by supporters of Donald Trump, Governor DeSantis is calling for swift action against the people who stormed the Capitol in D.C. I think what you saw was a good example of uh, taking uh, a rally and and having certain views uh, and then going in to storm the Capitol like was done. Uh, It was totally unacceptable, and those folks need to be held accountable. But the governor did not blame the president for inciting the riot, and he takes no responsibility for his role as Trump's top enabler in the Sunshine State, who encouraged challenges to Joe Biden's election. Well, what I've said is you can file suits. There's there's uh, political ways to do it. Uh, in no way, um, you know, have I ever supported any type of um, uh, of lawlessness or anything like that. Instead of distancing himself from Trump, Governor DeSantis is actually trying to use the violence in Washington to justify his idea to slap new limits and penalties on protesters, which was his response to the Black Lives Matter movement over the summer. Florida man also made an appearance at the coup. A resident of Manatee County has been identified as the protester who was photographed walking through the Capitol after stealing a lectern adorned with the official seal of the House Speaker. Today on Sunrise In-Depth, you'll hear from some women who serve in the state legislature who are horrified by a report from the Department of Justice about the way inmates are treated at Lowell Correctional Institution, the state's largest prison for women. If this report does not change attitudes in Tallahassee, when when we swore on the oath of the Constitution to protect our citizens, I don't know what else will. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of an Illinois resident who has become an honorary Florida man after mailing a dead rat to his ex-wife in Tampa. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, January 8th. On this date in 1790, President George Washington delivered the very first State of the Union Address. In 1964, President Lyndon Johnson declared a war on poverty. Guess who won? Today is National Argyle Day and National Bubble Bath Day. The Florida man who would never have become governor without the assistance of Donald Trump is refusing to criticize the president for his failed coup d'etat. Instead, Governor Ron DeSantis used the MAGA rebellion to try to bolster support for his proposal to crack down on protesters and make it easier to lock them away. You know, in September, um, I was the first governor in the country to propose legislation uh, to really deal with some of the disorder and violent assemblies and rioting that we have been seeing throughout our country. Uh, I thought that you needed to have strong penalties, and I 100% support people's right to be able to get together and protest and and, and say what's on their mind. The minute that that crosses over, uh, I think there needs to be penalties. And so I think what you saw was a good example of uh, taking uh, a rally and and having certain views uh, and then going in to storm the Capitol like was done. Uh, It was totally unacceptable, and those folks need to be held accountable. Uh, And it doesn't matter what banner you're flying under, 
the violence is wrong. The rioting and the disorder is wrong. Uh, we're not going to tolerate it in Florida. Uh, I hope maybe now we'll get even more support uh, for my legislation uh, because it's something that needs to be done. You can have strong views. You can be disappointed in an election. You can be disappointed in whatever, but you can't just go in and ramsack public places like that. Uh, and so we're going to make sure that, that the folks who do that in Florida, uh, if they do that, that they're going to face uh, uh, very quick penalties. Talk about trying to make lemonade out of lemons. The governor actually proposed that crackdown after a summer of unrest by the Black Lives Matter movement. They were protesting police killings of unarmed black people. Now, to lump that in with a bunch of loonies who are mad that their guy lost an election is pretty much a false equivalency. It should also be mentioned that some legal experts have described the governor's proposal as an assault on the Bill of Rights. DeSantis was one of the Republicans who refused to acknowledge Trump's defeat and in the days after the election was one of the first to suggest lawmakers in swing states could ignore voters and award their electoral votes to the president. He was one of the enablers, but DeSantis claims he is not responsible for encouraging the violent protest in Washington. Well, what I've said is you can file suits. There's there's uh, political ways to do it. Uh, in no way, um, you know, have I ever supported any type of um, uh, of lawlessness or anything like that. So uh, that's totally antithetical. I've, uh, uh, again, I'm the first governor to really take this uh, very seriously with my legislation. Not everyone uh, agreed with that legislation. There are some people trying to say it wasn't a big deal to have some of these things going on. If you go back to the summer, some of the commentary, uh, I disagreed with that, uh, but I don't care what banner you're flying. Uh, if you're engaging in that conduct, we're going to hold you accountable. One more note from the coup. You may have seen a photo that went viral of a guy wearing a knit Trump beanie with a pom-pom on top who is walking through the Capitol with a lectern stolen from the Speaker of the House. He's been identified as 36-year-old Adam Johnson, who lives in the Manatee County town of Parrish with his wife and their five children. The governor was in Manatee County Thursday, but he didn't mention Johnson. He was there to plug a COVID-19 vaccination site where seniors were driving up to get their shots. The good thing about what they're doing here and some of these other sites, they're making it very efficient. Uh, for seniors to come through here. They don't even need to leave their car. They go in, there's a, they're go, they have the, to do forms, they give kind of the rundown of the EUA, uh, they obviously have to sign, and then at that point they get a, um, a time to come back, uh, right, when they get to get their booster shot. Uh, but they go through and they're able to get the shot sitting right in the car, and then you see they will park and then they'll just be monitored for 15 minutes. There's been very, very few uh, reactions nationwide to this, but they do it to make sure that so after 15 minutes, if that's good, then people are going on their way. So soup to nuts, this is, um, you know, a relatively uh, convenient uh, evolution. And so uh, one that's just good for efficiency and administration, but it's also good for the folks uh, who are getting the shots to be able to come here um, and do it. And that's the, the key, you know, getting into communities, particularly where we have high senior population um, and making the vaccine available. You know, that's going to continue to be a top priority. Vaccines are in short supply, so they're being rationed. The governor's executive order restricts them to frontline health care workers, residents of long-term care, and people 65 and older. But yesterday we told you about Morse Life Health System, a posh nursing home in Palm Beach County, where some of the rich folks who are friends of the owner were able to get vaccinations without waiting their turn like the rest of us. During his second news conference of the day, this time in Vero Beach, Governor DeSantis said that was wrong and they'll get to the bottom of it. So this is something we're already investigating as soon as we found out about it. You know, the allegation is you had a, a nursing home that was being serviced by either CVS or Walgreens. And when you go in to do that, you have to prep it 
And so they have to get consent forms because, you know, there's some of those residents that can't consent. And the allegation is that maybe those consent forms were given to people who were not nursing home residents. So obviously that's something that is being investigated, needs to be. The, the nursing home and long-term care program is for residents and staff of long-term care facilities. That's who it's for. Look, if you're not a resident or a staff member of a long-term care facility, but you're 65 and up, there's other options for you. You know, we want you to get vaccinated, but to go under that rubric when you're not a resident and you're not a staff member, uh, that's definitely going outside uh, of what the guidance is and what the program's for. So um, when we found out about it, we did. We got the inspector general looking at it. The Department of Health has already investigated it. We think we'll have uh, something uh, pretty soon on that. So uh, not put these seniors first, put these elderly nursing home residents first, uh, and then the staff, too, is important because they're interacting with those folks on a daily basis. But anything going to CVS Walgreens through that program, it's got to be for the, for the residents and the staff. About 400,000 Floridians have been vaccinated so far, but the virus is still raging through the Sunshine State. The health department reported 170 additional fatalities Thursday. The death toll has reached 22,817. The state also logged 19,816 new cases of COVID-19. That's the second day in a row we have set a record for new infections. One of the latest reports from the White House Coronavirus Task Force says, quote, Florida is in full pandemic resurgence and must increase mitigation, along with an active COVID vaccination program, to decrease community spread and save lives. It gets worse. The mutated strain of the novel coronavirus that was first detected in England was found last week in Martin County, and it's spreading in Florida. The CDC says there have been 52 cases of the mutant strain nationwide, 22 of them in Florida. Medical experts say the new strain is more contagious than the original virus and is likely to continue to spread as COVID cases rise across the state. Last month, the Department of Justice released a scathing report that concluded conditions at Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala violate the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution because female prisoners are subjected to sexual abuse by the staff. Some of the women who serve in the Florida legislature say that report is horrifying, but not surprising. They've been hearing those stories for years. That's next on Sunrise. But first, let's pay the bills. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. If you live along the I-4 corridor, learn to use your business experience to impact public policy. Apply by January 8th to the Central Florida Political Leadership Institute at cflpli.org. The Orlando Economic Partnership offers this free, nonpartisan program for business-minded leaders to explore whether elected or appointed office is right for them, discover political strategies to succeed and lead, and join a network of influencers. Apply by January 8th at cflpli.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. Four women who serve in the state legislature are calling for the removal of top administrators at Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala. It's the largest women's prison in the country, and investigators from the Department of Justice released a report last month saying there is reasonable cause to believe disturbing reports that inmates are subjected to sexual abuse and rape by sergeants, correctional officers, and other staffers. Representative Susan Valdez of Tampa says they've known about the problem for years. The bravery of the women who have had the courage to come forward with the horrifying stories of rampant abuse, assaults, and sexual misconduct cannot be understated. This is yet another example of violence towards women being swept under the rug and whitewashed, and I hope we continue to see a united front and outspoken advocacy by our ally groups who advocate for women in our state. 
It takes all of us in our collective strength and voices to seek justice for these women. We must hold accountable those responsible for abuse at Lowell, uh, accountable, and anyone involved with participating in this culture of abuse should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Lorette Phillipson says her time at Lowell was a nightmare, and she has a message for Florida Corrections Secretary Mark Inch, who took over the prison system two years ago. I spent eight and a half years at Lowell CI for a nonviolent crime. I expected to go serve my time, but I became the victim at the hands of Florida DOC officers. Mr. Inch, this is not all your fault. You inherited this cancer that has been going on for decades. Mr. Inch, look at your employees that have been there for decades. It is time to let them go so that you can run this organization the way you and all of us need it to run. Where incarcerated people are not murdered like Christopher Howell, paralyzed like Cheryl Weimer, or abused, mistreated physically, verbally, or sexually like the rest of us. It is time to unload the weight at the top. There are still many good employees in DOC who will rise when you let these cancers go. Representative Anika Omvoy of Lauderdale Lakes says Secretary Inch should clean house at Lowell, and his job may depend on it. We need to do a full evaluation on the people who are at the top level. Mr. Inch, you know who your issues are. It's time for us to stop hiding these issues and get these issues out of our system. It needs to stop. It needs to stop now. We're not going anywhere. We've been at it for two years. We're not going anywhere. So I suggest you start looking at these people because, you know, they say a leader evaluates their team, looks at the issues within their team and corrects it. And that means the people who are running our correctional institutions, the wardens need to take a good look at their team and evaluate their team. And if you see people on your team that are continually being written up, it is time for you to have that person removed because what we're going to be calling for next is your removal. That's easier said than done because the people who control the legislature really don't seem to care how inmates are treated. Their biggest concern is the price. So the question for Representative Valdez is whether she thinks that damning report from the DOJ will make any difference in the state legislature. I really hope that it does because it's now written in black and white, right? And if this report does not change attitudes in Tallahassee, when we, are, when we swore on the oath of the Constitution to protect our citizens, I don't know what else will. But that's why I really do think that collectively, um, when we get back up to Tallahassee, have some meaningful conversations and bring this report and highlight certain areas and kind of sort of personalize it. What if something were something wrong were to happen and you're, how would you how would you deal with this? How, how would you feel if it were your family member? We have to bring the consciousness to folks and open up their hearts and talk to them. And I'm hoping that this report will help change the attitudes. The DOJ report also found that state corrections officials have documented and been aware of sexual abuse at Lowell for at least 15 years. Your calendar of events today is a short one. The Florida Board of Optometry holds a conference call at 9, and the Florida Board of Dentistry holds an orientation meeting for new board members at 9. Finally today, a guy from Indiana has become an honorary Florida man after being sentenced to almost five years in federal prison for threatening his ex-wife over several years and mailing a dead rat to her home in Tampa. 
57-year-old Romney Christopher Ellis was sentenced Tuesday in Tampa Federal Court after pleading guilty to making interstate threats and mailing injurious articles. Court documents say Ellis engaged in a four-year-long campaign of harassment against his ex. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we continue to plumb the depths of Florida politics. Thank you.